0: Welcome to this week's sermon from Amblecote Christian Centre. Today we're looking at Nehemiah 4 and because Adrian and Tim are here and I'm going to quote them quickly, I'm going to have to read this so I don't misquote, but um, we've already seen that Nehemiah took responsibility for the situation he found his people in, he faced the truth and their situation and he's gone to God now and the wall is getting built. So therefore that's job done, isn't it? Well actually there's another 10 chapters to go, so not quite done yet. Um so chapter four is all about opposition. So the b- wall is being built, but opposition is coming. And um, this actually happens in loads of life. This happens to us. This happens to others throughout the Bible. Um, and it's really interesting. The people of Israel have to listen to Nehemiah because actually all those around them are saying different things, uh, are saying different things from Nehemiah and they have to listen really carefully. What I've come to realize studying this chapter as well, is that Nehemiah isn't about building a wall. In reality, there was actually a wall before Nehemiah. The Babylonians came, they smashed the wall down, they burnt it up, and they conquered the people and took them into slavery. In some ways, a wall won't stop that happening again. But what Nehemiah is about, is about bringing a people to unity. And it's actually about bringing that people to repentance. And chapter four is crucial in this. Because actually, it's through the hard times, through opposition, that we come back to God, that we come back to God, and we get united together. So as we go through this chapter, I really encourage you to think of these three things. What is God building? What is our response to opposition in tough times? Who do we listen to? Now, because my wife says I've got a really boring reading voice, and also because there's some terrible words in here, Adrian's going to read the scriptures for us. We're going to have a chunk, Uh, it'll come up on the screen, and then I'll give you a little bit of narrative, and then we'll read another chunk. And then then at the end, I'll give you some um, general thoughts. So Adrian is now going to read Nehemiah 4, verse 1 to 6, or at least bits of it.
1: Now when Sanballat heard that they were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged. And he jeered at the Jews, and he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish up in a day? Will they revive the stones out of heaps of rubbish and burn ones at that? Tobiah the Amorite was beside him. And he said, yes. What are they building? If a fox goes up on it, he will break the wall down. Hear, O oh God, for we are despised. Verse 6. So we built the wall... And the wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work.
0: Thank you, Adrian. Isn't it strange that when people are obeying God, this provokes anger? Um, this could be a natural reaction, because Tobiah and his mates could be... Um, Jealous that they won't just be able to go in and exploit the Israelites. Um, they might be fearful that there'll be another kind of like um, powerful group on the scene. Um, but actually, this is something that is repeated in the Bible over and over. With Moses, with if you read Job, actually Job's a faithful man of God. And in chapter one, that is why the devil tests him. Um, the same is true of Daniel. Look at Paul. Um, but Actually, Paul uses language of spiritual warfare. He says, we are at war. Um, If you look at 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And Paul is very clear, this life, this Christian life is is a life of warfare, is a life of battle. Um, So we shouldn't be surprised when battle comes. In actual fact, Paul often had great success, but then was beaten up, thrown into prison. And that's kind of true throughout the Bible. Look at Jesus, look at the example of him who who pursued God, who did all the things that he should, and ultimately went to the, the horror of the cross. So in reality, tough times will follow when we are in God's will. But ultimately, why is this? This is because God wants to shape us. This is because In the tough times, we normally come back to who God is. We normally come back to repentance. And this is what we need. This is actually what the people of Israel need. Um, And they don't just need to do it individually. As Tim Murray reminded us last week, they need to do it together in unity. So what do they do at the end of all of this, verse verse 6? Well, they pray, so they come back to the Lord, and they keep building. So let's see what happens in verse 7 to 9.
1: But when Sanballat... And Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were being closed, they were angry and they plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night.
0: So we saw the people of Israel did the right thing, they prayed and they then um, came to God and they carried on building interestingly I might think great everything will go well now but as we see everything doesn't go well it actually gets worse and um, and I think there's a real lesson for me in this that firstly is prayer my first response and if things get worse do I then pray again um, and actually am I resilient so am I resilient that if I'm obeying God and even if things get worse that I keep on going So, verse 10 to 14.
1: In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There's too much rubble. By our sows, we're not able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. Down to verse 14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. So
0: I imagine if I was building, I'd just be getting slightly depressed now. Things are just getting worse and worse. Um, And not only are they getting worse, my neighbours are telling me that it's getting worse. The people around me are telling me it's getting worse. And even the enemy are saying, you have no chance, we're going to come in and get you. And if I listened to... The noise around me, the people talking around me, if the people of God listened to the, the voices around them, they would stop building, surely? There is no hope. They had to listen to Nehemiah, their leader, and their leader talked of a different narrative. Their leader talked of a narrative around looking to God first and then fighting, fighting for those that you care about, having doing action, getting involved. And I think, actually, there's a challenge here around who am I listening to? So let's go to verse 15 to 20.
1: When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his own work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, half had spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. Skip down to verse 19. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. We're separated on the wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us.
0: So I imagine you know what I'm going to say now. Things are getting worse. Um, It just keeps getting worse, doesn't it? Because in some ways they've done the right things, so they've stopped the attack, but now half of the people have stopped working because they've got to protect the others. And if you are working, whilst you're doing this building of a wall, you're carrying a spear or have a sword attached to you. Now, I've done a little bit of slabbing in our garden, And that was really hard. I can't imagine doing it, carrying a spear, or having a sword attached to my waist. Um, So in reality, obeying God for the people of Israel in this means that things are getting harder and it's getting slower. It's getting harder to do this. And I think sometimes we have to be aware that obeying God might be really tough and it will get harder and it might even get slower. What's interesting here is that people are given specific roles. There are people that are given a role to defend. There are people that are given a role to build. And actually, I think we're all given specific roles and we have to do those roles. Sometimes I think we have a tendency to want someone else's role or we have a tendency to do something different. But actually, we have to be aware that we are united and we have to work together together. I think the other really interesting thing here is the role of Nehemiah. In reality, he had a really stressful role because he's got to have an overview of everything and he needs to blow the trumpet when there's an attack and to rally everyone there. If he gets it wrong and rallies everyone to the east of the city and there's an attack on the west, then they're done. That's it. It's all over. So the amount of stress and weight that this leader is carrying is immense. And I think sometimes... Our leaders carry this, don't they? That they're carrying a stress and a weight because of seeing the bigger picture. And I wonder if, if I, if us, if we appreciate that, if we pray for them, and if actually the people of Israel, they'd only work if they followed the trumpet, if they all rallied together, if they partly rallied, if they went half the way, it wouldn't work at all, would it? Do we rally behind what our leaders say? I think it's a bit of a challenge. So verse 21 to 23.
1: So we laboured at the work... And half of them held spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. Verse 23. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me. None of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand.
0: Probably the last time I'm going to say this. Well, it's not the last time I'm going to say this. But nearly the last time I'm going to say this. It gets harder. Yay. Um, They have to work really, really hard. This is chapter 4. Um, They have to persist. They have to be resilient. Um, Battle is tiring and hard. And actually, sometimes we go through seasons that are tiring and hard. As a Christian, we're not immune to this. Um, I get really grumpy if I don't have a few runs a week, if I don't get my eight hours sleep every night. But sometimes God will take me through seasons where I won't have that, and that's fine. Um, As a small group, we're currently doing a prayer course with um, Pete Gregg, and he... He gives this um, illustration in his life that there was a point when he was doing three jobs, and they weren't just any jobs. So, like, you know, leader of 24 7 prayer um, on HTB leadership team and Alpha, and um, starting a new church. And he was also a husband and um, a father, and all the rest of it. So, he went on retreat expecting God to say, Give up this job. What God said to him was, Hold your nerve, son. Which isn't what you expect, is it? You expect God to go, it's all right, we'll take stuff off you. Actually God said, I will be in you with you in the hardships. I'll be with you in the suffering, but keep going. Um Yeah. And the other point here, I guess, to labor it around leadership is Nehemiah didn't have a four poster bed and he didn't have his eight hours sleep. He slept in his clothes, he slept with his weapon just like everyone else. So as well as having the burden of the decisions he had the hardships of everyone else again do we realize um, what our leaders put in and do we pray for them? so that's that's a kind of an overview of the scriptures i'll just make a few points now the, the first point that really strikes me is who do we listen to so that comes throughout this chapter there's lots of voices the children of israel can listen to nehemiah if they listen to nehemiah Um, they go back to the Lord and they keep going. If they listen to other voices, they could easily stop. And thinking about our situation, I ask, who do we listen to? Because actually, our culture is telling us loads of stuff. So some things I think our culture might be saying, there is no absolute truth. The individual is God. They can choose who they are and what is right. If people disagree with this, they are wrong, bigoted, and should be shunned. Secularism is how society is meant to be, and religion is old and dying consuming more is good as it stimulates the economy and keeps people in jobs the more secular and liberal we become the more we will progress as society and things will get better I think this is, isn't just kind of anti-religious groups I was reading uh, Ruben and Mr Men story the other day and some of these literally some of these things appeared in that and I was like oh, what am I telling Ruben um, some of these um, kind of like themes and I think you know a on the front of the telegraph the other day was is is the church of england will it survive covid and all these kind of things our culture is saying um the church is irrelevant and dying are we really and actually is our culture better and are we is our environment better over the last hundred years are we progressing is mental health better at the moment than it has ever been actually is religion really dying, dying if you look at a worldwide perspective rather than just our eurocentric perspective um, i think we've got to be really careful who we listen to and if we go back to chapter four they needed to listen to their leaders i think we need to as well and i'm not an elder so i can say this we need to listen to our elders um if you want to dig more into that, there's a great podcast by John Mark Comer and Mark Sayers called This Cultural Moment, which really looks at kind of like the church and culture and where we sit. I'd really um, encourage you to get, dig into that. Because my point is, if we keep listening to the Sambalets and Tobias who are saying we're defeated, then we're not going to do anything, are we? We need to listen to our leaders. So the main points that come across for me, I think prayer is crucial. It needs to be our first response. Action follows, but I think there's something about what this action could look like. Um, Just quoting a Mark Sayers book, you can obviously tell I'm enjoying him at the moment. Um, He says this, You must make the decision to no longer tolerate our low level of faith, our personal dysfunction, and give ourselves over to God's burning desire to remake us in Christ-likeness. Our Christ can change us, only he can do it, but we must take responsibility, responsibility for choosing to be changed decide to truly embrace the truth that god gives his spirit to those who obey him this is a difficult task for we are shaped by a culture of consumerism and spectatorship we expect to be able to lob our opinion into any situation we favor rights over responsibility christ has given authority the spirit is with us yet we must choose to move from a posture of passivity into proactivity taking the hand of god as he leads us into his kingdom that is a real challenge to me. Yeah. And I think we need to be aware that even when we're obeying God, things might get harder and harder. And that's fine. He's in it with us. We will get united. And actually, he will probably take us towards repentance. That is the journey we need to go on. We need to go on to back to him and back to repentance. This is the journey of the people of Israel. I think it's really interesting The Israelites were always is israelites but they were starting to live like it under nehemiah and i guess my question is us as a church the wider church are we living like it are we living like we're partnering with god to see his kingdom come on earth as in heaven so the three questions for you to think about what is god building how are we, we responding to the opposition when things get tough who are we listening to I'd just like to pray. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your direction in your word. Thank you for faithful people like Nehemiah and the people of Israel that we can learn from as they pursued you. Lord, I pray that you will help us to faithfully build, but more than that, help us to partner with you as you faithfully build and form us into into your church to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord bless everyone who is watching. Speak to them I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Humble Coke Christian Centre. For more information about who we are, what we believe, and how you can get involved, check out our website at ww.humblecoat